Chapter 34 of Jesus of Nazareth, the story of his life simply told by Mother Mary Loyola. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. With the Twelve No one must keep the children from him, and no one must hinder his coming passion. Only when the disciples did these things was their master angry with them. He was patient with their dullness, and oh, they were dull, and with their many faults. He had taught them to be kind and forgiving, but when a Samaritan city refused him a passage through because he was going to Jerusalem, James and John, filled with indignation, said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire from heaven to come down and consume them? You know not of what spirit you are, he answered quietly. The Son of Man came not to destroy souls, but to save. People who did not do as they did were sure to be in the wrong. Master, said john to him we saw one casting out devils in thy name who followeth not us and we forbade him do not forbid him jesus answered he that is not against you is for you he had been telling the twelve to try to gain by gentleness a brother who might have offended them how often shall my brother offend against me and i forgive him till seven times said peter thinking this a great stretch of generosity i say not to thee till seven times jesus answered but till seventy times seven times one day a young man came running up to jesus and kneeling before him said good master what shall i do that i may receive life everlasting our lord told him that he must keep the commandments all those i have kept from my youth what is yet wanting to me he said and looked up with innocent eyes into the face of jesus he spoke truly his soul was beautiful in the sight of god and jesus looking at him loved him and said to him one thing is wanting to thee if thou wilt be perfect go sell all whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come follow me when the young man heard this he went away sad for he had great possessions and jesus seeing this became sad looking round about said to his disciples children how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of god it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of god then peter answering said to him behold we have left all things and have followed thee what therefore shall we have instead of reproving this fisherman for talking about leaving all things jesus said to him amen i say to you that you who have followed me when the son of man shall sit on the seat of his majesty you also shall sit on twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of israel perhaps it was this promise of thrones that made james and john ask a little later for the first place in the kingdom that was coming our lord was not angry with them but wonderfully indulgent and patient he saw that the faults of his apostles were on the surface only, so much on the surface, indeed, that they were very visible. But their hearts were right. They were simple and straightforward, having no secrets from him, coming out with all that they felt without caring whether it might meet with reproof. And when he did reprove, they were docile and saw their fault, and were sorry and began to try again. There was no sulking, no keeping away from him after a rebuke. And often there was something good and generous even in their failures. If James and John were hard upon the Samaritan city, it was because they could not bear to see their master treated with disrespect. 
if they asked for the first place in his kingdom it was that they might be near him and if peter inquired whether he should forgive seven times it was from the fear that such generosity might perhaps be excessive they spoke of having left all for christ because they had left willingly the little they had and would have left palaces and all the wealth of this world had it been theirs dear apostles of our lord with all their shortcomings how delightful they are how charming in their simplicity and in the devotedness of their rough tender hearts we could not spare one single word they say one act of loving ambition or faulty zeal but for them we should never have known our blessed saviour as we do it is encouraging to find that in spite of his teaching and blessed example always before their eyes they remain for a long time so imperfect it helps us to see them struggling with the same passions we have to fight and falling again and again into the same faults one only one among his twelve disappointed the master and lay like a dead weight on his heart that one on whom all his teaching and deeds of mercy and of power were thrown away who hardened himself more and more now that the prospects of an earthly kingdom seemed to be vanishing judas remained indeed in the little company and followed his master still but in body only he had long since ceased to care for him who had called him his life was all pretense his prayers with the others his teaching of the people his conversations with our lord when he was obliged to speak all this was acting we never find him asking questions like the rest when their master was instructing them he did not care to learn for he did not mean to improve there was only one thing he really cared for now and that was money little by little he had let this love of money take possession of him till at last all his thought was to get it no matter how he had charge of the purse which contained the alms given for the support of our lord and the apostles and the poor he began to steal from this purse the first time his conscience reproached him terribly and made him very unhappy he was afraid too that our lord who of course knew of his theft might reprove him for it before his fellow apostles but as time went on and his master said nothing at least in public he grew bolder and took more and more jesus loved him tenderly still he had called him to be an apostle because he loved him and saw in his soul what pleased him and he warned him again and again to beware of the covetousness which like poison was killing all the good that was there he kept him in his company he treated him like the rest sent him out to preach gave him power to cast out devils and to cure spoke to him kindly tried to win him but all in vain the agony he felt at the gradual falling away of his poor miserable apostle comes out when he speaks of his coming passion he mentions a few only of the sufferings that were in store for him the sharpest and chiefly the pains of the soul mocking spitting betrayal this last was the worst he could bear insult and cruelty from the gentiles who knew him not but betrayal from one of his own oh the anguish there is in those words at the last supper amen i say to you one of you shall betray me our lord was praying one day whilst his disciples stood at a little distance watching him they never tired of seeing him at prayer his stillness his profound reverence the fervour of soul that appeared on his countenance filled them with admiration and the desire to pray like him this day one of them said when his prayer was finished lord teach us to pray as john also taught his disciples the prophets had taught them the rabbis had taught them 
their prayers began with one or other of the names by which god was known to the jews the strong one the adorable the great lord the god of hosts the most high the almighty one name out of reverence they might never pronounce jehovah he who is and will be how will their master have them speak to god by what dread name must they call him see them gather round him eager reverent watch their faces as he makes answer when you pray say father hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation what a surprise what a relief no terrible name but father they may speak to god who made them as children to the most loving of fathers and ask not for great things only but for little things for the least things for everything they remember how long ago he said to them thus therefore shall you pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come i will be done on earth as it is in heaven it was a little shorter now but the same prayer father our father the prayer for all he makes no exception the poorest then the most ignorant the most guilty have a right to look up and say our father who art in heaven yes there is nothing our lord has more at heart than this to see us go to our heavenly father with great confidence and ask again and again for all we want persisting if we do not obtain it once to show how we should persist he told the people a parable of a man who goes at midnight to his friend and says to him friend lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come off his journey and i have nothing to set before him he from within answers trouble me not the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed i cannot rise and give thee yet our lord goes on if he shall continue knocking i say unto you although he will not rise and give him because he is his friend yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as much as he needeth and i say unto you ask and it shall be given you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened to you we are to knock again and again and louder and louder by persevering prayer till at last the door is opened any other friend would be annoyed at such persistence but god loves it and delights to reward it how he rewarded the perseverance of the canaanite and here we may notice in passing what beautiful prayers prayers we can all feel and say prayers of sinners and needy ones like ourselves the gospel gives us lord help me lord if thou wilt thou canst make me clean lord save me i perish o god be merciful to me a sinner it was about this time that our lord chose seventy-two of his disciples and sent them two and two to preach it was now too that he spoke that most beautiful parable of the prodigal son to encourage all who have wandered from their father's home to return to the open arms and the welcome that await them there a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father give me the portion of substance that falleth to me he had all he needed to make him happy in that home of his all but the spirit of contentment and gratitude but wanting these he wanted everything he was restless and dissatisfied he thought he would be happier away from his father's eye in some far-off country where he would be his own master and could do just as he liked no rules no duties no reminders 
nothing but pleasure all day and all night a good time always his share of his father's wealth would have come to him on the old man's death but he could not wait so he went to his father and said give me now what i shall have when you die there was no reproach at the heartless words the father divided all he had between his sons and not many days after the younger gathering all together left home and set out for the far country many places that he passed on his way looked bright and tempting but they were too near home his father might come to hear of him and try to get him back at last he was far enough from the gay city here no news of him would ever reach his home so he settled down and soon found himself surrounded by a number of young fellows only too glad to make friends with a rich stranger and be treated at his expense all went merrily for a while as long as the money lasted then came a change one by one his new friends left him famine brought distress upon the country and he began to be in want the spoilt child of that wealthy home in want he hired himself to a man who sent him into his farm to feed swine there day after day he sat among them cold hungry friendless coveting the husks they ate then in the misery of his need came the memory of his home and of the plenty there how many servants in my father's house abound with bread he said to himself and i here perish with hunger he thought of his wilfulness and ingratitude and oh well for him that it was so of the goodness of his father's heart i will rise he said and will go to my father and say to him father i have sinned against heaven and before thee i am not worthy to be called thy son make me as one of thy hired servants to be back again under the old roof and earn his bread there as a hired servant was more than he deserved but he would ask it of his father's charity and he arose and set out on his way home there was weariness to be faced for the way was long there was shame too as he drew near the old familiar places but no one knew him no one recognized in the ragged miserable boy starved and ill the sprightly young fellow who had turned his back on home and gone far away and been lost sight of no one yes there was one who knew him one who had never lost sight of him who had watched for him daily who was watching now when he was yet a great way off his father saw him and was moved with compassion and running to him fell upon his neck and kissed him the poor boy fell on his knees and covering his face with his hands sobbed out father i have sinned against heaven and before thee i am not worthy to be called thy son no more for his father's kiss had sealed his lips and his father's arms were round him and the servants were bidden to make haste lest any should see him in his disgrace make haste to clothe him once more as a son and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his poor blistered feet and prepare a feast with music and dancing that they might make merry and be glad because he had been dead and was come to life again he had been lost and was found perhaps we think god himself could hardly be kinder than the father of the prodigal our lord did not think so he knew he is much kinder for after all the father did not go out into the far country to look for his son and bring him back yet this is what god has done for us he has come all the way from heaven into this world to seek us and when we are sorry for our sins and want to be better it is the voice of god our father calling us back to him 
So our Lord made another parable of a good shepherd who left his ninety-nine obedient sheep to go after one that is strayed away from the fold, and got lost in the mountains where wild beasts live and prowl about at night in search of such foolish wanderers. The good shepherd goes after his sheep in the cold wind and the darkness and the rain, not minding his bleeding feet, cut by the sharp stones of the way. He gets upon a little height and stands and listens, and when at last he hears its far-off bleeding cry, he hastens to where, over the side of the precipice, it stands on a narrow ledge, ready to fall into the depths below and be dashed to pieces. At the risk of his life he leans over and lifts it up and sets it in safety by his side. He does not beat or scold it or drive it back to the fold, but speaks to it tenderly and strokes it and lifts it on his shoulder, rejoicing, and so carries it home, and, when he gets back to the fold, calls together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my sheep that was lost. I am the good shepherd, said our Lord, and I lay down my life for my sheep. When he told this story, the day was drawing near when he was going to give his life for his sheep. He was always thinking of that day and longing for it, because by his cruel death we, whom he loved so dearly, were to be saved. End of chapter 34